Section 33 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Seventh Night of the Month At eventide, the king sat in his wonted seat, and sending for the wazir, said to him, Tell me the story of the fuller and his wife. The minister replied, With joy and goodly gree. So he came forward and said, Hear, O king of the age, the tale of the fuller and his wife and the trooper. There was once in a city of the cities a woman fair of favor, who took to lover a trooper white. Her husband was a fuller, and when he went out to his work, the trooper used to come to her and tarry with her till the time of the fuller's return, when he would go away. After this fashion they abode a while, till one day the trooper said to his mistress, I mean to take me a tenement close to thine, and dig a sardab souterrain from my house to thy house, and do thou say to thy spouse, My sister hath been absent with her husband, and now they have returned from their travels, and I have made her home herself in my neighborhood, in order that I may foregather with her at all times. So go thou to her mate the trooper, and offer him thy wares for sale, and thou wilt see my sister with him, and wilt see that she is I, and I am she, without a doubt. Now Allah, Allah, go to my sister's husband, and give ear to that which he shall say to thee. So the trooper bought him a house near hand, and made therein a tunnel abutting upon his mistress's house. When he had accomplished this affair, the wife bespoke her husband as the trooper had lessened her. And he went out to go to the trooper's house, but turned back by the way, whereupon said she to him, By Allah, go at once, for my sister asketh of thee. The fool of a fuller went out, and made for the trooper's house, whilst his wife forewent him thither by the underground passage, and going up, sat down beside the soldier her leman. Presently the fuller entered and saluted the trooper and salamed to his own wife, and was confounded at the coincidence of the case. Then, doubt befalling him, he returned in haste to his dwelling. But she preceded him by the sardab to her chamber, and, donning her wanted clothes, sat awaiting him, and said to him, Did I not bid thee go to my sister, and greet her husband, and make friends with them? Quoth he, I did this, but I misdoubted of my affair when I saw his wife. And quoth she, did I not tell thee that she favoureth me, and I her, and there is not to distinguish between us but our clothes? Go back to her, and make sure. Accordingly, of the heaviness of his wit, he believed her, and returning on his way, went in to the trooper. But she had foregone him, and when he saw her by the side of her lover, he began looking on her and pondering. Then he saluted her, and she returned him the salam. And when she spoke, he was clean bewildered, so the trooper asked him, What aileth thee to be thus? And he answered, This woman is my wife, and the speech is her speech. Then he rose in haste, and, returning to his own house, saw his wife, who had preceded him by the secret passage. So he went back to the trooper's house, and found her sitting as before. 
whereupon he was abashed in her presence, and seating himself in the trooper's sitting-chamber, ate and drank with him, and became drunken, and abode senseless all that day till nightfall, when the trooper arose, and, the fuller's hair being long and flowing, he shaved off a portion of it after the fashion of the Turks, clipped the rest short, and clapped a tarbouche on his head. Then he thrust his feet into walking-boots, and girt him with a sword and a girdle, and bound about his middle a quiver, and a bow and arrows. He also put some silvers in his poke, and thrust into his sleeve letters patent addressed to the governor of Isfahan, bidding him assign to Rastam Kamartakani a monthly allowance of an hundred dirhams, and ten pounds of bread, and five pounds of meat, and enroll him among the Turks under his commandment after which he took him up and carrying him forth, left him in one of the mosques. The fuller ceased not sleeping till sunrise, when he awoke, and finding himself in this plight, misdoubted of his affair and fancied that he was a Turk, and fell a-putting one foot forward and drawing the other back. Then he said in himself, I will go to my dwelling, and if my wife know me, then I am Ahmad the fuller. But an she know me not, I am a Turk." So he betook himself to his house, but when his wife, the cunning witch, saw him, she cried out in his face, saying, Whither now, O trooper? Wilt thou break into the house of Ahmad the Fuller, and he a man of repute, having a brother-in-law a Turk, a man of rank, with the sultan? And thou depart not, I will acquaint my husband, and he will requit thee thy deed. When he heard her words, the dregs of his drink wobbled in his brain, and he fancied that he was indeed a Turk. So he went out from her, and putting his hand to his sleeve, found therein a writ, and gave it to one who read it to him. When he heard that which was in the scroll, his mind was confirmed in his fantasy. But he said to himself, My wife may be seeking to put a cheat on me, so I will go to my fellows the fullers, and if they recognize me not, then am I for sure Kemar Takani the Turk. So he betook himself to the fullers, and, when they espied him afar off, they thought that he was really Kimartakani, or one of the Turks, who used to send their washing to them without payment, and give them never a stiver. Now they had complained of them aforetime to the sultan, and he said, If any one of the Turks come to you, pelt him with stones. Accordingly, when they saw the fuller, they fell upon him with sticks and stones, and pelted him, whereupon quoth he, Verily, I am a Turk, and knew it not. Then he took one of the dirhams in his pouch, and bought him victual for the way, and hired a hackney, and set out for Isfahan, leaving his wife to the trooper. Nor, continued the wazir, is this stranger than the story of the merchant and the crone and the king. The minister's tale pleased King Shabacht, and his heart clave to the story of the merchant and the old woman, so he bade Al-Rawan withdraw to his lodging, and he went away to his house and abode there the next day till he should be summoned to the presence. End of section 33